welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 83 of season two and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Episode 83 is also a rather special one, as it is also the 200th episode of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. So to mark the occasion, we're bringing you two back-to-back episodes of classic comedy radio shows. The first one is from that super successful radio sitcom, Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden as the English teacher of Madison High School. And the other lovable characters such as Mr. Conklin, Philip Boynton, Walter Denton, Mrs. Davis, and others. It ran from 1948 to 1957, and on television from 1952 to 1956. Our second show today is an episode from My Friend Irma, another super popular radio sitcom starring Marie Wilson in the title role that ran from 1947 to 1954 and featured the adventures of dim-witted Irma and her long-suffering roommate Jane Stacy and Irma's boyfriend Al. Sit back and relax for the November 14, 1948 broadcast of Our Miss Brooks and the April 26, 1948 broadcast of My Friend Irma. Palmolive Soap, your beauty hope, and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous dream girl hair bring you Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. Although Our Miss Brooks teaches English at Madison High, her problems, like those of any other teacher, aren't always confined to purely scholastic ones. There's Mr. Philip Boynton, for instance, a biology teacher of whom Miss Brooks is extremely fond. And who, in return, lavishes his affection upon his frogs and guinea pigs. (laughs) There have been other problems, too. A perfect example of what I'm talking about occurred last Sunday, a grand illustration of what can happen when you let a little softness of the heart spread to your head. The day started off innocently enough when my landlady, Mrs. Davis, Knocked on my door around 9.30 in the morning. Connie! Oh, Connie! Get up, Connie. It's 9.30. Oh, come on in, Mrs. Davis. I don't like to disturb you like this on Sunday. Oh, that's all right, Mrs. Davis. I've been up. Since when? Since you said, Connie, oh, Connie, get up, Connie. It's 9.30. (laughs) Well, I got your note to wake you, dear. I'm glad you did, Mrs. Davis. I've got to do a little checking today on one of my pupils who's been absent all week, Eddie Garson. But, Connie, today's Sunday. I know, Mrs. Davis, but Eddie's always had such a good record of attendance. I just can't understand it. His mother hasn't answered any of my notes, and by tomorrow, Mr. Conklin will send a truant officer after him. I'm going over to his house today and investigate. It's very nice of you to take such an interest in the boy, Connie. Well, I feel it's my duty to go to Eddie's home, Mrs. Davis. He's always been a good student, well-behaved, with a fine character, and he lives four doors from Mr. Boynton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I see. Connie, did Mr. Boynton ask you for a date? Well, how could he, Mrs. Davis? I haven't asked him to yet. (laughs) But if I can straighten out Eddie Garson in a hurry, I might accidentally run into Mr. Boynton. I'm perfectly willing to meet him halfway. Of course, if his door opens outward, I'm liable to get a broken nose. (laughs) 
But I understand that Mr. Boynton likes to take his Sunday morning constitutional by himself. Well, that's what's nice about a constitutional. You can always amend it. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Brooks. May I come in, Eddie? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Sit down, Miss Brooks. Thank you, Eddie. I'm glad to see you're not sick. I came over to find out why you haven't been in school all week. Well, frankly, Miss Brooks, I've been pretty busy. Oh, well, I guess I can go home now. <laughs> you know, it's no joke trying to raise kids. Kids? But you're only 14 years old yourself. Well, that's what makes it so tough. Oh, well, I guess I can go home now. <laughs> I've been taking care of my kid brothers, Miss Brooks. You see, my father's on the road and my mother's in the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry, Eddie. Is there anything I can do to help? Oh, there sure is, Miss Brooks. Mom's over in the Clay City Hospital, and I'd like to hitch a ride out and see her today. If there was only someone to stay with the kids. Well... You will? Oh, gee, that's wonderful, Miss Brooks. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. Hey, Daddy, will you come here? What do you want, Eddie? Yeah, this is Miss Brooks. She's my English teacher at school. Oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, glad to know you too, Mike And this is Danny Say hello to Miss Brooks, Danny Hello <laughs> uh -huh. Now, there won't be any trouble at all, Miss Brooks In fact, they'll give you all the help you need Help? Well, yeah, with Tommy, the baby Help? <laughs> well, I'll be running along now I'll be home in time for dinner Thanks a million, so long Well, here we are <laughs> I'm hungry I'm thirsty <laughs> Well, you'll have to wait Oh, on second thought, maybe you two other two better wait Oh, quiet, baby Nice, baby Your mother will be home soon Oh, dear How does your mother keep him quiet? You gotta tell him a story Yeah, you gotta tell him a story All right, I'll tell you a story <laughs> Once upon a time He heard that one He's pretty blasé for a child his age Anyway, once there were three bears You gonna tell him that old chestnut? <laughs> Give her a chance, Danny She might put a switch on it And so Snow White and the Prince lived happily ever after. I'm glad for him. I wonder why Eddie ain't home. You wonder why Eddie ain't home? Some English teacher. <laughs> you know, I never in my life hit a child, and this is the first time I ever wondered why. <laughs> Eddie should have been back by now, though. It's after seven. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> I'll get you something to eat and drink in a minute Quiet, Tommy Now, once there was a girl named Little Red Riding Hood Oh, great Whose father was a traveling salesman <laughs> And the glass slipper fit right over Cinderella's foot Ooh, Well, thank goodness they're all asleep Now, if I only knew where Eddie was Oh, shh Hello? 
Hello, Miss Brooks. Well, gee, I had a wonderful visit with my mother, thanks to you. Oh, I'm glad, Eddie, but where are you now? Well, I'm still in Clay City, Miss Brooks, with some friends and mothers. The doctor said she can go home tomorrow, and if you'll just stay with the kids overnight... Oh, but Eddie, I haven't got any... Uh... We're one of mother's. Well, gee, I... <laughs> I sure appreciate this, Miss Brooks. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, well, it's in a good cause. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Once there were three little pigs. Let's not bring personalities into this. <laughs> I'm thirsty. Well, come on. Drop the other shoe. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> now, once there was a big giant. Oh, what a horrible night. Let's see now. I better see what's in the kitchen before hungry, thirsty, and screamy wake up. <laughs> Well, there's not a thing in the cupboards. I better call Mrs. Davis. If they'll only stay quiet for a few more minutes. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Davis. This is Connie. Connie, I've been worried sick. Where in the world have you been? I have no time to explain now, but I want you to do me a favor. When Walter Denton comes by to take me to school, send him over to 225 Park Street. 225 Park Street? Yes, Mrs. Davis, I can't make it to school today. But, Connie... I'll tell you all about it when I see you. Hmm, this is mysterious. Not going to school on Monday morning. Well, I'd better call Mr. Conklin. I'll just tell him that Connie is sick and... Hello? Hello. Is that you, Osgood? This is Mr. Conklin speaking. Yes. This is Margaret Davis Osgood, and I just want to tell you that Miss Brooks won't be in school today. She doesn't feel well. Doesn't feel well? What's the matter with her? I really don't know, Osgood. I just know she's quite indisposed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Mrs. Davis. We always get indisposed on Monday. <laughs> What's that, Osgood? Tell Miss Brooks to take care of herself. Goodbye. He didn't sound very concerned. If I were you, Connie, I wouldn't go in until I... Well, who am I talking to? She's not even home. What are we going to eat, Miss Brooks? As soon as I send one of my students to the store, Mike. You playing hooky today, Miss Brooks? I guess I'll have to until your brother Eddie comes home. Say, that reminds me. I'd better call Mr. Conklin. What'll I tell him? I can't explain about Eddie on the phone. Besides, there's no proof of his story until his mother comes back. I wish you'd talk to us for a while. You're making me very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. I know what I'll do. I'll make believe I'm Mrs. Davis and tell him I'm sick. Hello? Hello, Mr. Conklin. This is Mrs. Davis. Margaret? Yes, I just wanted to tell you that Miss Brooks doesn't feel very well. What's the matter? Is she taking a turn for the worse? Who? Miss Brooks. Yes? Oh, well, that is, she's no worse than she's ever been. Have you had a doctor? Yes, but how did you know she was sick? You just told me a few minutes ago. I did? Oh, of course I did. Well, I... 
I'm terribly upset about this. Now, for heaven's sake, Margaret, don't go to pieces. Oh, quiet, Margaret. I mean, Tommy. I mean, oh, I'll be all right. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Conklin. I wish my mother was here. I want my Starring Eve Arden will continue in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith with an important announcement. Palm Olive Soap is giving away prizes worth $67,000, a grand prize of $25,000 in one lump sum, or $100 a month for life. And that's not all. There are over 2,000 prizes in Palm Olive's big treasure chest contest. Ford sedans, Westinghouse laundromats, from Silver Fox scarves, Toastmaster toasters. And it's easy to enter. Complete the last line of this jingle. A fresher, brighter-looking skin is something I would like to win. I'll get Palm Olive soap today. Da-da, 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 da-da. Write your last line on a plain sheet of paper or use an official entry blank giving complete rules obtainable at your dealers. Include your own and dealer's name and address and mail with the big word Palm Olive from the front of the wrapper of one regular and one bath size cake of Palm Olive soap to Palm Olive, Box 92, New York 8, New York. Now here's the jingle once more. A fresher, brighter-looking skin is something I would like to win. I'll get palm olive soap today. Da 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 da. Mail your entry to Palm Olive, Box 92, New York 8, New York. But hurry, your last chance. Contest closes next Saturday. Get palm olive soap for a lovelier complexion. Remember, doctors prove palm olive's beauty results. <laughs> Now back to Our Miss Brooks, where we find Walter Denton and Harriet Conklin listening to the radio in Walter's car. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our newscast from our nation's capital. I think they're going to give another clue for the $18,000 contest on Sing It Again. Okay, Harriet. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is your extra clue to the Phantom Voice on the CBS Sing It Again program. At camp, his father was a king who spent some time at lumbering. Okay, Walter, you can turn it off now. Boy, I'd sure like to win those prizes. At camp, his father was a king. Uh, what was the second line, Harriet? The second line? Da-da, 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 da-da. Oh. <laughs> it was nice of you to give me a ride this morning, Walter. Oh, that's all right, Harriet. If I were the principal's daughter and you were me, you'd give me a ride if my father drove off to school early in the morning without me this morning, wouldn't you? <laughs> you mean the only reason you stopped for me is because of my father? Oh, of course that's not what I mean. I, I thought you might want to ride over and pick up Miss Brooks with me. Mrs. Davis was pretty mysterious about her. Said she hadn't been home all night. Well, where did Mrs. Davis say Miss Brooks was, Walter? 225 Park Street. Park Street? Doesn't Mr. Boynton live on Park Street? Yeah, come to think of it, he does. <laughs> Walter, remember that picture we saw last week? The one called Her Other Life? Yeah, Harriet. Maybe Miss Brooks has another life. Who knows? She might even be secretly married. Miss Brooks? Married? To who? <laughs> Why, to Mr. Boynton, of course. 
Oh, don't be silly, Harriet. Mr. Boynton doesn't like girls. He likes frogs. <laughs> Why, it's a wonder I didn't think of it before. Why, they might even have a family by now. That's just like a woman, always giving people families. <laughs> well, this is Park Street, and there's Miss Brooks in front of that house. Hiya, Miss Brooks. Here we are. Hello, Walter. Harriet, I'm glad you could... Harriet, I didn't know you'd be along. But now that you are, I've got to take you into my confidence. Harriet, can you keep a secret? Oh, certainly, Miss Brooks. Even from your father? Especially from my father. Oh, good. Then I don't want either of you to mention that you saw me here. You see, I told Mr. Conklin that I was sick, and... Well, I'll explain it all later, but right now you've got to go to the grocery store for me. But what is it you're going to explain later, Miss Brooks? That's the secret, Walter. Just take this list and this money and have them send these groceries out as soon as possible. The address is right on the bottom of the list. Well, okay, Miss Brooks, but there sure is something funny going on. Why, there's nothing funny about it at all, Walter. Good day, Miss Brooks, and, and give my regards to the children. Thank you, Harriet, I will. What? <laughs> now, do you believe me, Walter? Look at this order we've just given. Four bottles of milk, one dozen cans of strained vegetables, two chocolate milkshake bars, a large box of pablum, and some swieback. That sure is suspicious, all right. Nobody eats swieback if they're not married. <laughs> <laughs> Look who just came into the store, Walter. Oh, it's Mr. Boynton. Hiya, Mr. Boynton. Oh, it's Walter Denton and Harriet. How are you today? We're fine, Mr. Boynton. How are you all? Oh, well, as could be expected, we're anticipating a blessed event at any time now. Another one? Well, yes. Of course, Patricia has quite a big family now. She's even changing her name. Oh, yes. Patricia's one of my favorite frogs. Oh. Those, uh, those bundles look pretty heavy, Walter. Can I give you a hand with one of them? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mr. Boynton. We just bought them for Miss Brooks. Miss Brooks? Well, why didn't she come down herself? Well, she looked pretty upset when we saw her last, Mr. Boynton. Here, you better take both of these bundles and get right over there. Me? But get right over where? I guess you never heard of 225 Park Street. Park Street? I live on Park Street. Harriet, he says he lives on Park Street. <laughs> come along, Walter. We'll be late for school. Don't worry, Mr. Boynton. Your secret is safe with us. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> And while Sleeping Beauty was waiting, Prince Charming came to her door. Come in, Prince. Uh, oh, it's the doorbell. <laughs> I guess you got carried away by the story. It should happen to me. <laughs> At last, the groceries. Uh, hello, Miss Brooks. And Mr. Boynton right behind them. Come in, won't you? He's a big one, ain't he? <laughs> ain't he? There she goes again. Uh, Miss Brooks, who, who are these, these... Uh... Children will do, high pockets. <laughs> oh, they're, they're terribly bright. Now, boys, run to the kitchen and play with the meat cleaver until lunch is ready. <laughs> All right. But please make it snappy, because I'm hungry. And I'm thirsty. Oh, did you have to turn that on? Oh, excuse me, Mr. Boynton. There, there, little baby. There. Shh. Oh, 
I guess I'll have to pick him up. Uh, Miss Brooks, I don't want to pry, but where did all these children come from? Why, any biology teacher knows that. The stork. (laughs) (laughs) What what I mean is, whose are they? Well, they're the children of Eddie Garson, who's a student of mine's mother. (laughs) What? Which their father is a traveling salesman. I'm afraid you're upset. Oh, well, of course I am. You'd be upset, too, if you had breakfast crying and three children cooking on the stove. Well, isn't there anything I can do to help? Yes, there certainly is, Mr. Boyden. You can help me get this house tidied up before Eddie brings his mother home from the hospital. But, Miss Brooks, I've got to go to school. You're smart enough now. In some ways. Call Mr. Conklin and tell him you're ill. But I'm, I'm not ill. Well, stick around a while. Your chances will improve. Well, I don't know what this is all about, Miss Brooks, but if you're in trouble, the, well, the least I can do is stand by and lend a hand. Give that boy a box of merit badges and two tickets to the next Olympic game. Thank you. <laughs> No doubt you're wondering why I summoned you two to my office, Harriet. Well, yes, Mr. Conklin. I was speaking to my daughter. Harriet? Yes, Daddy? There's something strange going on in this school today. First, Mrs. Davis calls to tell me that Miss Brooks is sick. Twice. Then Mr. Boynton calls, tells me he won't be able to come to school today because he's expecting an illness. (laughs) And then, while I was conducting both their classes, I catch my own daughter... Receiving a note from this... This... Scallywag? From this scallywag. Thank you, Denton. Hand over the note, Harriet. But, Daddy... The note? That's better. Hmm. Dear Harriet, whatever you do, don't let the cat out of the bag about meeting you-know-who in the grocery store and sending him where we did. We don't want to get Miss You-Know-Who in trouble. After all, we have no proof that those little you-know-whos are her. <laughs> Nor are we positive that 225 Park Street is a love nest. <laughs> you-know-whos? Love nest? What's the meaning of this, Harriet? Well, oh, you wouldn't want me to betray a confidence, would you, Father? Yeah, you wouldn't want her to do that, would you, Father? Uh, Mr. Connor? <laughs> Quiet. I'll find out what's going on at 225 Park Street. Well, Mr. Boynton, did you enjoy your lunch? Oh, yes, indeed, Miss Brooks. And you know something? Seeing you taking care of those children and then tucking them in for their nap after lunch made me feel that this is where you belong. Miss Brooks, did you ever think of giving up your career as a teacher? Why, Mr. Boynton... I mean it. I've been thinking it over all morning, and, well, I've got another sort of career in mind for you. You have? Yes, Miss Brooks, I have. Why don't you become a governess? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Boynton. I'll become a governess when you become a governor. It's been fun trying to help you out this morning, Miss Brooks. I hope I have been of some assistance with the children. Oh, you've been a tremendous help, Mr. Boynton. They would never have gone to bed so quickly if you hadn't told them that fascinating story about the African tsetse fly. (laughs) Oh, it it was nothing, really. 
Nothing, he said. It had everything. Humor, pathos, sleeping sickness. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I'd, I'd like to wash the luncheon dishes. No, no, you sit right where you are, Miss Brooks. I'm going to do those luncheon dishes myself. Oh, but Mr. Boyd... No, no, I'll have them done in a jiffy. Picture you upon my knee Just okay. keep it two and two and three <laughs> Me for you and you for me alone Tom, Tom, ti-tom, Tom, ti-tom, Tom, ti-tom, ti-tom, Tom, ti-tom Oh, I hope that's Eddie and his mother Be right there We will raise a family A boy for you, a girl for me Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Conklin What's going on here, Miss Brooks? I was under the impression that you were sick I was. I am. <laughs> uh, what a coincidence you're meeting me here at the doctor's. Did you say the doctor's? He's an obstetrician. What? I don't think I helped my case any. Well, everything's all set, Miss Brooks. I just... Uh, Mr. Conklin! <laughs> Good afternoon, Mr. Boynton. I suppose you're here visiting the doctor, too. Oh, of course. He's expecting tadpoles. <laughs> it's, it's my sinuses, Mr. Conklin. Oh, well, you've certainly come to the right place for treatment. An obstetrician should do them a world of good. Now, see here, you two. I know this is no doctor's office. You know what I think? I think you two are secretly married, and this is your love nest. Love nest? Love nest? Love nest? Love nest? Who are these? What are... Where did they come from? Now, now, from? please, Mr. What? Conklin, remember your blood pressure. He turns an interesting color, doesn't he? <laughs> now, see here, you little... I... I don't know what you are or who you are or... Oh, please. You're <laughs> like when I was silent pictures. <laughs> now, now, get back in your room, you two. Sit down, Mr. Conklin, and take it easy. But, Miss Brooks, you promised us another story. Get back in your room, or I will kill you. <laughs> Come on, Mike. He's turned on us. Oh, now, please let me explain, Mr. Conklin. Very well, Miss Brooks. Everyone's entitled to a hearing before he's hanged. <laughs> That's what I like, an open mind. Now, you see, sir, Mr. Boynton and I were just taking care of these children until their mother comes back from the hospital. That's right, Mr. Conklin. It, it was an emergency. Yes. It's all well and good, but why did you lie to me? Well, it would have been hard to explain on the phone, Mr. Conklin. And besides, I didn't want Eddie Garson to get in trouble. He's been absent all week taking care of his little brothers. A very touching story, Miss Brooks. I don't doubt that your motives were of the highest, but I can't run a school that way. Miss Brooks... Unless you're in your classroom for the afternoon session, you had better look elsewhere for employment. Oh, that must be Eddie now. I'll get it. Eddie, I thought you'd never get... Where's your mother? Well, she's paying the cab, Miss Brooks. She'll be right in. The doctor says she's fine. Oh, good. Then she'll be able to take care of her family again, and I can get back to school. Oh, oh no, you can't, Miss Brooks. We need you more than ever now. Look, in this blanket here, a brand new baby brother. Once upon a time, there was a governess named Connie Brooks. <laughs> Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks returns in just a moment. But first... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. Tonight, show him how much lovelier your hair can look after a luster cream shampoo. 
Only Luster Cream brings you K. Dumas' magic formula blend of secret ingredients plus gentle lanolin. Gives loveliness lather even in hardest water. Glamorizes your hair as you wash it. Luster Cream. Not a soap, not a liquid, but a dainty cream shampoo. Leaves hair fragrantly clean, free of loose dandruff, glistening with sheen. Soft, manageable. Gives new beauty to all hairdos or permanents. Four ounce jar, one dollar. Smaller sizes, either tubes or jars. Tonight, try Luster Cream Shampoo and be a dream girl, dream girl, beautiful Luster Cream girl. You owe your crowning glory to a Luster Cream Shampoo. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, I couldn't afford to lose my job at school, and yet I hated to leave Mrs. Garson in the lurch. So I did the only thing possible under the circumstances. I got somebody to help out in my place. Before I left for the afternoon sessions, I gave a few last-minute instructions. Uh, now, be sure the formula isn't too hot, and don't be stingy with the talcum powder. Any other questions? What should I do with the safety pins when they're not in use? <laughs> With a baby this age, you won't have that problem. Goodbye, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> Next week, tune in to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, dream girl hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns. Written and directed by Al Lewis with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton was played by Jeff Chandler. Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, Tommy Cook, Sandra Gould, Bobby Ellis, and Jeff Silver. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jane? Jane? Yes, Irma, what is it? I can't understand why I was five pounds overweight when I stood in the scales. Well, I told you why. You had that heavy purse in your hand. Well, not the second time, Jane. I hung it over my shoulder. <laughs> well, that's what you can expect when you listen to my friend Irma. Friendship, friendship. Just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgot. Theirs will still be hot. Lever Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap with the exclusive super creamed blend, presents. Our friend Swan. With my friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. <laughs> o'clock 
o'clock Saturday. The noon whistles have just blown, and me, little Jane Stacy, I'm going to do the same. Because as far as the Rhinelander Investment Company is concerned, they can take their job until Monday morning. <laughs> so I covered my typewriter, opened my purse, examined my shopping list, looked at my paycheck, tore up my shopping list, <laughs> kicked my typewriter, slammed the door, and I'm off. Which reminds me, Irma Peterson is waiting for me on 42nd Street. <laughs> You ought to be ashamed of yourself smoking a cigar in broad daylight. Uh, hello, lady. I'm old enough to be your father. Don't you dare sit there and talk to me that way. Uh, look, lady, I ain't sitting. I happen to be a singer midget, and I'm tall for my age. Just a minute, Sonny. Now, listen, lady, stop annoying me, or I'll climb up over this curb and let you have it. Dames <laughs> are always trying to pick me up. <laughs> Jane. Oh, you been waiting long, honey? Not by my watch. It stopped. <laughs> oh, Jane, I had a terrible experience with a little boy smoking a black cigar. I'm sure he wasn't any more than two feet old. Oh. <laughs> Irma, why is it that these things only happen to you? No one else. Come on, honey, let's go shopping, huh? Jane. Jane. What's the matter, honey? Jane, I feel two eyes in my back. Irma, we've just passed an optometrist sign. <laughs> Don't cause a scene, please. Oh, but Jane, I, I think we're being followed. Look back, I'm scared. Oh, Irma, you're just being silly, but I'll... I'll... Mm, Irma, someone is following us. Oh, Jane, what'll we do? Oh, well, let's turn up this side street, see if he follows. Come on. Look back. Look back, Irma. No, Jane, you look back. All right. Irma, he's still following us. Now I'm getting worried. Well, uh, uh, don't be scared, Jane. Uh, you know the saying, two's company, three's a crowd. So as long as we're in a crowd, nothing can happen. <laughs> Come on, please, honey, let's run. Maybe we can shake him. Not me, Jane. I wouldn't touch him with a ten-foot pole. <laughs> Irma? Irma? I have a feeling he's catching up with us. Hurry up, honey. Come on, hurry. Irma, what are you doing with that handkerchief? I'm going to drop it. Why? Well, if he's a masher, you'll think I'm flirting with him, and when he bends over to pick it up, you hit him, and I'll kick him, and then we'll both run. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea, honey. Maybe it'll work. Drop the handkerchief. All right, there. Uh, pardon me, did you ladies drop this handkerchief? Yes. Well, here it is. Oh, Jane, it didn't work. He picked it up with his cane. I've been following you young ladies for several blocks. That's evident. Oh, I apologize. You see, I'm a photographer and... Oh, sure, yeah, I know. You're a photographer and you thought we were so beautiful that you want to take pictures of us, send us to Hollywood, and give us a contract to play opposite Gabby Hayes. <laughs> oh, no, no, you got me all wrong. I know this is a very unprofessional approach and I don't blame you for being suspicious, so uh, here's my name and my card. Uh, Jack Varell, chief photographer, Manhattan Magazine. I know you've heard of our magazine. Yes. Well, you see, I've been assigned to do a series of pictures of typical young working girls, so I'd like to take some pictures of you. Oh, Jane, isn't it wonderful? You'll be on the cover of a magazine. Imagine my best girlfriend for only 15 cents. <laughs> 20 in Canada. 
Now, there's no sense in discussing it further at this time. Uh, you check on the legitimacy of my offer, and if you're interested, I'd appreciate it if you'd give me a ring later today. Goodbye. Bye. Gee, Irma, do you think he's a phony? Well, I, I don't know, Jane, but let's go home and ask Al if he's a phony. Al will know. <laughs> no question about it. If he's a phony, he'll turn out to be Al's best friend. <laughs> Only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Janie and Irma, my two little ballet dancers. One on her toes, the other still spinning. <laughs> Excuse me, a little joke I picked up from a dying swan. <laughs> oh, Professor, Jane has a chance to be a photographer's model. Shouldn't she take it? Why not? Name me two prettier girls in all of New York than my two little sweethearts. Oh, Professor, that's sweet of you. Well, I know beauty when I see it. Uh -huh. Don't misjudge me just because I go around with Mrs. O'Reilly. <laughs> you know, many a man who likes steak has to be satisfied with hash. <laughs> oh, Professor, I, I don't think you should describe Mrs. O'Reilly that way. You're right, Irma. She's not hash. She's more on the order of pig's knuckles. <laughs> but, but I like her. She's got a good heart. When I'm sick, she makes me a little soup, and, and that saves my life, because I know if I don't get out of bed, her soup is going to kill me. <laughs> but, Janie, dear, I think this will be a good opportunity for you. I want to wish you lots of luck. And now I got to leave because Mrs. O'Reilly is taking me for a walk in the Bowery. The Bowery? That's a terrible place. Yes, I know, but she wants some ideas on how to redecorate my room. <laughs> Only one person in an apartment house has got the nerve to knock like that, the landlady. Come in, Mrs. O'Reilly. Hello, girls. Hello, Professor. Oh, Mrs. O'Reilly, maybe you could help me. I'd like to ask your advice. Uh, I've got a chance to pose as a photographer's model. Do you think I should accept it? What are you asking her for? What does she know? How dare you say that, Professor? I'll have you know I used to be a model myself in my younger days. You model? What for, the monitor or the Merrimack? <laughs> oh, go along with you. As a girl, I had a very attractive figure. And I wore me bustle at a rakish angle. <laughs> In fact, people used to mistake me for Anna Held. I see what you mean. Where Anna Held, you bulge. <laughs> Come along, Mrs. O'Reilly. Let Janie decide for herself. Well, I guess you're right, Professor. After all, Janie's got a good head on her shoulders. Uh, she's not like a... Oh, a goodbye, Irma. Bless you. You're a lovely girl. Irma, I've made up my mind, and I've got a hunch. I'm going to call up the magazine and check on Mr. Varell right now. Oh, good for you, Jane. Oh, Jane, if it works out well for you, then maybe you could get me a job, too. Uh, then we could model twin things like a two-way stretch. <laughs> you could stretch one way and I could stretch the other. Gran, you'll be in Scotland before me. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Manhattan Magazine. D do you have a Mr. Varell there? Oh, he's head of your photographic department? Yes, I, I'd like to speak with him. Thank you. Irma, he's not a phony. Not, not a... H hello? 
Hello, Mr. Burrell. Uh, uh, th- this is Miss Stacy, the young lady you gave the card to this morning. Uh, yes, yes, I know now it's a legitimate proposition, but you can't blame a girl for being suspicious. Yes, I'd very much like to model for you. What's that? You'll come over tonight? At my place? Oh, you have a deadline to make. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it'll be all right. Yes, at 8 o'clock. Fine. I live at 8224 West 73rd Street, apartment 3B. See you at 8. Goodbye. Oh, Irma, he's coming here tonight to shoot the picture. He says he has a deadline. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, I have no idea what to wear. Oh, Jane, don't be silly. For a deadline, you'd wear black. <laughs> Thank you, Irma Peterson. Well, now that I've decided to do it, gee, I, I've got to look my best. And Irma, please note, I don't want anything to go wrong. Understand? Oh, don't worry. Uh, Jane, uh, why don't you wear your gray pleated skirt? I'll be glad to press it for you. Uh, no thanks, honey. Well, why can't I press it for you? Because I remember how it looked the last time you pressed it. <laughs> you see, Irma, pleats are supposed to run up and down, not across. <laughs> oh, but Jane, there must be something I can do. I know, I'll fix your hair. How, so it'll never grow again? <laughs> well, I... Uh, I could brush your suede shoes. Like you did the last time, with my hairbrush? <laughs> oh, how about... No? My... Gosh, Jane, can I even do your nails? No, honey, I, I didn't like the way you did them last time. I, I happen to be one of those persons who likes only one point on each nail. <laughs> Come in. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Jane. Hi, Al. Excuse me, will you? I've got to get my things together. What are you so excited about, Jane? Don't run off. I want to tell you about my new deal. <laughs> no, thanks, Al. I do not care to hear about your deal. It can have no effect on me whatsoever. I already have the jitters. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to get dressed. Jane's never interested in me or my work. Al... I'd love to hear your new deal. Oh, thanks, chicken. Always can depend on you. And you won't go wrong, because this one will make all our dreams come true. It's a campaign button with a picture of Truman wearing a button with a picture of Stassen, wearing a button with a picture of Wallace, wearing a button with a picture of MacArthur. So you don't have to commit yourself in front of the wrong people. You're the smartest man I know. Here's a kiss. Let's have it. <laughs> hello. Chicken, why do you always say hello when I kiss you? Well, sometimes I think it's all a dream, but when you answer me, I know you're there. <laughs> Someday I'll be there with you for life. Well, but until then, I wish there was some glamour in my life, like what happened to Jane. What happened to Jane? Well, she's going to be a photographer's model. Oh, I envy her. Oh, chicken, get that notion out of your head. I ain't marrying no career girl. I know where these things lead. First you're a model, then you win a beauty contest, then you become a chorus girl. I don't want our kids to say, Hey, Pop, give me a quarter for the show. I want to go see Mom. (laughs) Gee, I never looked at it that way. Well, chicken, how about you and me taking a little walk, huh? 
Well, any other time, Al, but right now I've got to go in and help Jane. Ah, she won't appreciate it. No, Al, Jane needs me. After all, without me, things can go wrong, and I should be there to make sure. (laughs) Okay, we'll pick you up later tonight, and we'll go to a movie. laid out on the bed. Yeah. Yeah, that's because I want to know where everything is. That includes you. Now, please don't touch anything. Oh, but you know I want to help. Isn't there anything I can do? Like pluck your eyebrows? No, honey. No, you did that once before, and when you were finished, everyone thought I worked for the telegraph company. (laughs) I had three dots and a dash over each eye. (laughs) Irma, sweetie, I I don't want anything to go wrong. I want to look my very best for the picture, so just sit in that chair over in the corner and watch. Oh, Jane. Gee, there must be some little thing I could do. I feel so useless and empty inside. (laughs) All right, honey. All right, there is something you can do. Bring me the little table lamp in the front room, huh? I need more light. Well, thank you, Jane. Now, let's see. um, Here's a table lamp. Uh, I'll just gently pick it up. Irma! Irma, the lights went out in here. What happened? I don't know, Jane. They went out in here, too. You know, ladies, swan soap actually differs from other soaps. Sure, feel a cake of swan. It feels smoother. As Susie Swan says, it's a smoothie. It's a smoothie. It's a cake of swan. You can feel that super cream blend. You can feel the difference in it. You can tell it in a minute. It's a smoothie. That's swan. Yes, ladies, the way swan feels is a direct result of swan's super creamed blend. Run your fingertips over the surface of the cake. Feel the smoothness. Then feel Swan's suds. They feel richer, creamier, and Swan's mild suds protect your hands. Sure, when you're through, look at your hands. They're left with a smooth, soft, young look. What's more, Swan's super cream suds rinse away so completely, your dishes don't need wiping. Yes, ma'am, Swan soap means faster dishwashing and protection for your hands, thanks to Swan's exclusive super creamed blend. Manhattan Magazine's prospective glamour girl sitting in total darkness with my beloved roommates. But as dark as this room is, I don't think it begins to compare with the blackout which is Irma's mind. She had to blow a fuse. Just when there's no one in the entire building to help us, and just when I'm on the brink of the greatest opportunity a girl ever had. You know I should be crying? Doesn't work that way. Irma is the one that's crying. Irma, will will you just please, please stop that whimpering? So you didn't mean to blow the fuse. All right, I forgive you. That's not why I'm crying. Then why are you crying? I'm afraid of the dark. Oh. 
goodness sakes, don't be a child. We're three floors up. Now, who could get in here? A tall, second-story man. <laughs> Jane, where are you? Near the fireplace, honey. Where are you? I think I'm in it. <laughs> it's very warm. Irma, that's the radiator. Oh, oh Jane, I'm scared. Oh. Honey, please stop that crying and help me get out of this spot, please. Run down to the drugstore and get a box of fuses. All right, Jane. But I can't see where the door is. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, just figure out where in the room you're standing. Oh, I can't. I'm so frightened and nervous. My hands are dripping with perspiration. Yeah. Well, stand still and I'll feel my way over to you. Irma, your hands are in the goldfish bowl. <laughs> an awful lot of fingers. <laughs> now, 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 where's the door? Oh, it's so dark. Well, honey, just, just walk ahead and, and turn when you get to the couch. Jane! Jane, the walls are closing in on me! Irma, you're in the closet. <laughs> oh, honey, come on. I'll show you the door. Now, 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 get the fuses, Irma. He'll be here any minute. Uh, I'll be right back, Jane. Hiya, chicken. What's the big hurry? Hello, Al. I, I blew out the fuse, and Jane's trying to get dressed for the photographer, and I'm, a, I'm on my way to buy a fuse. Well, ain't necessary, chicken. In an emergency like this, there's only one man to call. Who, Al? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al, got a problem. What do you know about electricity? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. You refuse to discuss the subject? It has taken four members of your family? <laughs> well, how, Joe? Oh, it came suddenly. They were all sitting in a chair at the time. <laughs> Understand and respect your feelings, Joe. We'll handle it myself. Gotcha. Goodbye, Joe. Chicken, know what to do. Let's go down to the master control box downstairs. We'll fix everything. Well, do you know anything about electricity? All there is to know. Follow me. You see, chicken, if a man ain't handy around the house, he can't call himself a man. For instance, the other day, the hotel shut off my lights on a little technicality. I didn't pay the rent. <laughs> so what do I do? I rig up my lights to the hotel sign outside my window. Does it work? On and off, just like the sign. <laughs> well, here we are, chicken. Here's the master control box. Well, but you haven't got a fuse. Don't need a fuse. Just put a penny in like this. you notice how dark it is? Now all the lights are out. How do you like that? Force a habit. Use the slug instead of a penny. <laughs> but it's easily fixed. There must be another fuse box up in your apartment we can take care of. Oh, yes, in the kitchen closet. It's full of pipes and switches. A field day. Let's go. Gee, Al, doesn't it seem a crime? Why? We spend so much money on the tunnel of love, and now we have all this darkness for nothing. We waste it. <laughs> uh, realize the opportunity, chicken, but uh, someone is liable to slug us in the dark. It'll be Jane with a baseball bat. <laughs> well, here we are. Jane, where are you? That's you, Al. 
I'm in the shower, and I haven't got a minute to waste. We'll have everything fixed immediately. Handyman, you know. All right, chicken, where's that fuse box? Uh, right over here, Al. Uh-huh. Don't even have a match, but know my way around these things. There. Now, let's see. These pipes must be feeder pipes. Feel a little loose. Oh, here's a wrench. We'll tighten them up. Any results, Jane? Yeah. The water stopped running. <laughs> Not out here. My feet are getting wet. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sakes. Now I can't get the soap off me. We'll fix it in a minute. Now, let me see. There should be a loose wire around here. See if you can feel around for it, chicken. A loose wire? Oh, here's one. Oh, wait, it's stuck. I'll give it a few yanks. Here. Thanks. Hmm. No results. Listen, the two of you, I'm going to catch pneumonia. I don't know what you're up to, but you call the electric company at once. Do you hear? Logical suggestion, chicken. Do what she says. All right. Oh, Al. What, chicken? I think I pulled the wrong wire. <laughs> the phone doesn't work now. What are the two of you up to? The lights don't work, the water doesn't work, now the phone doesn't work. I can't even commit suicide because I'm sure the gas doesn't work either. <laughs> oh, Wormer, what'll I do? How can they take pictures of me? I'm covered with soap. I got on an old robe and my hair's a mess. Well, answer me, the two of you. Where are you? So the evening shouldn't be a total loss. Me and Chicken are sitting here on the sofa. <laughs> oh, no. If that's Mr. Varel from Manhattan Magazine, you tell him I'm sick. I have left town. Come in. Welcome. Who are you? Oh, it's me and the professor girls. My, what's happened to all the lights? Irma blew the fuse, and Al helped her with the rest. Just when I'm expecting someone Oh, how dreadful to be stranded in the dark like this Now, that all depends on how you view it To me, Mrs. O'Reilly, you have never looked more beautiful <laughs> Oh, quiet, Professor We'd better hurry out and find some fuses Oh, no, it's too late He'll be here any minute and I'm just a mess Well, there's no time to waste Come on, Professor uh -huh. Oh, oh, it's... <laughs> Oh, it's so dark on the staircase. <laughs> Give me your hand, Professor. <laughs> Positively not. You're liable to enjoy it, and I know you. You're just the kind who will go around blowing out fuses. <laughs> Jane. Jane. What do you want? I can't see your face. Are you mad at me? No. I feel like throwing a party for you. <laughs> for you and that fugitive from an honest dollar. That must be me. Now look here, Jane. Oh, be still, the two of you. You just ruined everything. But, but we're sorry, Jane. You're always sorry. You were sorry when you plucked all the gray hairs out of my silver fox because you thought it looked too old. <laughs> because you read that midriffs were in style. <laughs> You're always sorry. Oh, look, Jane, the lights went on. Al, get out of the icebox. <laughs> Jane. 
Jane, I have something to tell you. What? You look a mess. <laughs> no kidding. I know my hair is a mess and my face is covered with soap and I'm wearing an old bathrobe. You don't have to tell me. Oh, that's the photographer. What should I do, Jane? It doesn't matter. Tell him I'm sick. I went out of town. My grandfather died. Who is it? Mr. Burrell, I'm here to photograph Miss Stacy. Uh, Jane is dead. <laughs> she went out of town to see her sick grandfather. Now, hold it, chicken. Let the guy in. Tell him the truth. Hello. Oh, oh, Mr. Varell, I'm so sorry. You see, Hey, I... hold it, hold it. You look perfect. Perfect? Yes, perfect. How'd you think of the get-up? Get-up? Oh, I'm so glad you understand what we're after. Manhattan Magazine doesn't want fancy poses. We want realism. And I've got just the slant for the picture. Manhattan Magazine visits the average American girl on Saturday night when she starts getting dressed for her date. We'll shoot you from the tub to the trocadero. You'll be sensational. Oh, isn't it wonderful, Jane? Your picture's going to be on all the magazine stands. Yeah, soap suds and all. <laughs> well, you should be glad at least everybody will know you had a bath. <laughs> you know, it's things like that that make me want to shower my affections on the head of my friend, Irma. <laughs> Well, ladies, don't wander far from your radios right now because we have two grand pieces of news for you. First, listen. Have you heard about the exciting aluminum wear offer? It's the offer being made by Lux Flakes, Rinso, Lux Toilet Soap, Life Boy, Silver Dust, Fry, and Swan Soap. And it's wonderful. Yes, ladies, your dealer can help you get some modern, heavy-gauge aluminum wear for your kitchen. You save from 33 and a third to 50% on this offer you get a set of two 8-inch cake pans worth $1.15 for only 75 cents. Or you can get a 2-quart saucepan or a 9-inch frying pan worth $2 each for only $1 apiece. Your dealer can give you all the details. Yes. Ask your dealer about the Lever aluminum wear offer. He'll tell you how to get in on it. And now, ladies, here are the names of the grand winners in the fifth and final week of the $100,000 Lever Fur Contest. First prize, a $3,000 mink coat or the cash, goes to Mrs. Leon L. Bagley of Cornish, New Hampshire. Congratulations. The second prize winners are Grace R. Hosfeld of Lacey Park, Hatboro, Pennsylvania, Mrs. A.V. Debert of Bethesda, Maryland, Mrs. Ernest W. Blair of Tampa, Florida. You each win a beautiful $1,000 fur coat or the cash. Nice going. The other 325 winners will be notified by mail. Don't forget, ladies, ask your dealer about the Lever Aluminum Wear offer tomorrow. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, listen again to... Our Friend Swan with My Friend Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. The part of Professor Kropotkin was played by Hans Conried. Frank Bingman speaking. Sprime. Cakes are light and high. Sprime. There's a reason why. Sprime. Cakes improve with Sprime. Rely on Sprime. Yes, there's a reason why Spry makes grand cakes. Spry has an amazing cake improver secret. Try the Spry one bowl way and be sure of lighter, finer, richer cakes every time. No other type of shortening has Spry's cake improver. 
For new cake-making success, try Spry, the pure all-vegetable shortening. Rely on Spry, S-P-R-Y. Rely on Spry, S-P-R-Y. Tune in next week one hour earlier and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by My Friend Irma. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System. I hope you enjoyed those episodes from Our Miss Brooks and my friend Irma, and thanks for being here for our 200th episode. Whether you've been here from the beginning of the podcast almost two years ago, or you've just started tuning in, I'd like to sincerely thank you for listening. The emails you send and the comments you leave really mean a lot to me, and it's great to be a part of the growing old radio fan community. I'm Greg Fordyce. See you next time.